Welcome back to part two of Five Movies to Watch in October with guests Naomi Grossman and Alok Mishra. Uh, what are we at? My number two. My number two is from 2016. It <laughs> is one of the coolest experiences that I've had. And you brought up Alamo Draft House. I actually saw this at a draft house. It's a movie called Don't Breathe. Yeah. Um, this has an amazing sound design. It's about a group of teens who try to rob the house of a wealthy blind man, and they have no idea what they're getting into. This is uh, Fede Alvarez's follow-up to his remake of Evil Dead, which was also awesome. Um, but there were moments in this where I was in a packed theater and you could hear a pin drop because people were so quiet along with the movie. It's got a great sense of space in the house that they're in. Awesome tension, some really memorable scenes. And Stephen Lang plays the, the blind man and he gives just one of my favorite performances of his. It's just... It's some of the things in the plot don't make sense, but the atmosphere just to me makes it more forgiving. Uh, that's Don't Breathe from 2016. Such a great experience. They shot a lot of that in Eastern Europe, actually. And, uh, and you know, it, it looks like it's a smaller film, but it's actually because of the complexity of a lot of the shots in this Not It's like a $14, 15000000 million film. But it, like, debuted at, like, number one with, like, $30 million or something. So it had already, like, made its money back plus its marketing budget and stuff like that. And, you know, Stephen Lang, by the way, always an amazing actor. I, I don't know if you got a chance to see VFW this year yet. I did, I did, um, yeah fun film joe bagos the bliss as well he's a fucking great guy we met him on like the tours we went on and stuff like that and bill but, sadler's um, in that one too yeah i mean it's a great i mean fucking martin cove cobra kai motherfuckers like he's great and, isn't like, fred you know, williamson in there too i know but he had some me too stuff i met him at the th i went to go see a q a at the arc light uh, down here and like i uh I met him and then right after all this me too shit came out and i was like damn it you too fred that. williamson he took down, he helped take down Fangoria. Like, oh, uh, maybe oh, they did yeah. it with that. Like, he was touching mm -hmm. girls' butts, and he was like, what, what? I touch girls' butts. And they're like, no, you can't do that. I know you're an old dude, but you can't do that. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm very disappointed. I was sad about that. It just made me sad. Anyway, let's, let's talk about my number two. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I think you might have touched my butt once. I'm not going to lie. Well, there we have it from the, you know, the lady's mouth right there. But anyway, listen, enough about bringing this down. Let's, let's, let's bring everyone up. Uh, and in the way that I'm going to talk about another um, uh, husband-wife duo. Uh, he's the director. She's the actress. The movie is called The Honeymoon Phase, a nice sci-fi horror movie that came out about two, three months ago. Just released in the UK yesterday. Total transparency, uh, they uh, happen to be on the same um, uh, distributor slash sales agent, Dark Sky. But it's not because, I mean, we met them before we, we even knew they were going to go with them, uh, just so you know. And so that was what happened. But it's actually really clever. And it's like, it's kind of like ours, where it's a nice discovery kind of thing. And it's available for VOD, US, Canada, and also DVD. Uh, I think the iTunes thing will get you a lot of extras and stuff or whatever, as I've just been seeing through Facebook posts and stuff from them. But it's actually, honestly, a great film. He directed it. His wife stars in it. And I won't tell you much about it. Uh, it definitely reminds you of, you know, sort of a, a, a better, one of the better Black Mirror episodes you'd ever see, but better than a Black Mirror. I mean, it's worth your, you know, 90 or 100 minutes, whatever it is to, to do it, because it unfolds in a really clever way. 
And uh, I won't tell you more than that, but uh, that's definitely something you should check out. Uh, it's, it's been a great release this year. They had a good festival run with it as well. So that's what I would tell you for my number two. The honeymoon phase. Cool. Check that out. Okay. Um, uh, so again, I like to keep people on the toes. What are they going to expect? Is it a, is it a, black and white horror from the 50s? Is it a, 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 a musical from the 70s? Uh, no, it's a, um, a foreign film from 2007. Um, not gonna lie, while I love Borat, and that is my absolute number one, my other like dream in life is to one day be an Almodovar girl. Uh, folks may know the Spanish filmmaker Pedro Almodovar. He did, you know, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Uh, uh, I mean, a million amazing movies. And I really, I have a sweet spot for, you know, Spanish cinema. Um, although this is not an Almodovar movie, um, it's actually quite commercial uh, and or commercially viable. Like when I watch it, I couldn't like it didn't feel like a foreign movie. I think when people see foreign cinema, they expect it to be like weird and black and white and whatever, uh, which definitely sounds like something I would like. Uh, but this is actually like, it could have been a Insidious or, you know, one of those uh, conjuring. Um, it's called El Orfanato, The Orphanage, um, which I don't know if you guys saw. It was like I said, it wasn't that recent. It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't like, you know, before we were born, uh, it was um, uh, the yeah the orphanage, um, and it's just it's a it's a it's a scary movie um, based on a, a woman going back to her, her where she grew up, which is at an orphanage, and um, ooh, there was like scary mu music coming on as I said that, <laughs> or is it me? I think it's you. I, I live in a it's haunted a, condo. It's the ghost of Peter Lawford. Great <laughs> Peter Lawford's ghost. So it happens. That, she lives in Peter Rat Pack's, like, his, his last residence. So, she, so oh. he died around about, you know. Sorry, mm. that's an aside. <laughs> anyway, no, I don't know. I heard that scary mu music, and I, I wondered if I was having a visitation. But no. Anyway, that's all. The orphanage. It's it's kind of again. You wouldn't expect it. It. Uh, I I feel like it's my. Uh, you know. I was um, for a while. I was a, a a Spanish teacher. That was one of my like actor side jobs, um, coming up through Hollywood. And so I feel like it's my duty to tell people about you know some of these more eclectic like um, you know foreign films they might not know about otherwise which actually will still appeal to them, even if they're not a, you know, kind of a foreign film freak. If they're like have super just commercial sensibilities, you'll still really love this movie. Awesome. And you know what impressed people? Cause I, I'm pretty sure the director of the orphanage did the last Jurassic Park movie, Jurassic World of Fallen See, Kingdom. Yeah. There but you go. I, I think orphanage, wasn't it also produced by Guillermo? Uh, Del yeah, Toro? he was involved for um, sure. Yeah, I mean, we tested that movie actually because they were trying to see mm. if they wanted to bring it out in English actually. Or I mean, they wanted to see if they could dub it or if they could put it in Spanish and people would still come My guess, they it did it that, right? It. I'm pretty sure they Spanish. did. Yeah, it was a subtitle. Subtitled it. Yeah, dubbing yeah, is weird. In English, actually. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But they wanted to see they wanted to see if they could make more money 
if they dubbed it, which is like the Hollywood way, like greedy producer fingers. Is, <laughs> like, yeah. Money grabbing producer fingers is what I joke about, studio fingers. <laughs> All right, on to number one. So this is another really great theater experience I had. I went in totally blind to this movie. It's from 2015. It's not a straight up horror movie, but it's totally an October Halloween movie. It's called The Guest. Uh, it's an Adam Wingard movie. And I went in not knowing anything. I thought it was going to be, it was his follow up to Your Next. And I thought it was going to be another straight up horror movie. And it's more like The Terminator. Uh, it's got a really great continuous sense of dread it's got a killer soundtrack that like brings you right back to the 80s full of synth stuff and then dan stevens is in it who is gorgeous and super likable but also at the same time very terrifying um mike and monroe is in there she's also gorgeous she's brilliant and then it takes place during halloween so you have like a halloween party you have a pivotal scene near the end that takes place inside of a halloween maze that they build in the high school um, it's just such a ride. I I love the guest. I watch it every Halloween since it, since I got it on disc and uh, highly recommended. Uh, really great. Well, I would tell you this: uh, the guy that produced that movie, uh, James Calder, and his wife uh, Jessica. Uh, I, I know those guys, and they've done a lot of kind of interesting and different films. Like they've done everything. To, like you made that for reference to your next. Uh, they did that, but they also did like the whackness and like uh, oh, nice. blind spotting. Uh, you know, or, I think all the girls love Mandy, or all the boys love Mandy Lane, or whatever. I think was theirs too. I remember that, and like the the Blair Witch, the new the re the revamp of it and stuff. They've done a, a bunch of different. They've been very eclectic, and so they're and they're nice people, by the way. I'll just say that too. Like they're lovely people. So it's it's like it's nice when lovely people do well. That's what I would tell you that. So, okay, my last one, um, again, this was in no particular order, but this is a really interesting film. Uh, it's called Hosts, like plural, not the host, like, like not host from like uh, Shudder, but unfortunately named this movie. <laughs> and they had made their movie way before Hosts because Hosts just started in the pandemic, right? Uh, but Hosts, plural, uh, is actually coming out Friday in America. Uh, transparency as well it's also a dark sky movie but i met these guys before they were dark sky as well and uh the filmmakers are richard oaks and adam leader it's a two duo director again uh coming through um i will not tell you much about this there is some sci-fi to it and there is sort of like uh what is it called um home invasion sort of but they've been invited in as guests sort of uh it is probably the most ferocious movie of 2020. Uh, yeah, you got to have a steady stomach for this. Uh, this is not for the weak, faint of heart. Um, there's going to be one scene that really, I mean, it's so classic that defines the film, I think, and defines, like, I mean, it's, think of classic moments in film. Uh, this is going to have one of those. And it's worth your time. It's worth your money. Comes on VOD on Friday, actually. And I think it's out in Europe at the same time. But I don't know about DVD and that stuff. I think it's. I think it's just. I, I definitely like to be a you know a uh, tastemaker of sorts if I can put that uh, put the hat on. Uh, um, and you know they're playing actually. Uh, not only are they playing Fright Fest in London, I believe. 
but they are up for an award already with for Citrus, which isn't is, Citrus, which is like the biggest, you know, between Fantasia and Citrus are the two biggest. They rotate back and forth every year, like you know, Harvard and Yale, let's say, or Harvard and Stanford, or whatever it is. Um, but um, you know, Citrus I think is doing some sort of live version this year. Fantasia had to do virtual, um, but they're already nominated for like the Midnight movie in competition, so. Just go see it. You'll be ahead of the curve. You'll be able to tell your friends, I, I saw that. Fuck you. I know shit. <laughs> nice. I've actually heard a little bit about this. This one takes place during like Christmas time, right? Yep. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. I have heard some some stuff about this. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be good. So, yeah, I, you know, a look puts me to shame because he is sort of a tastemaker. He's seen everything. And, um, you know, he'll tell people about what they want to see in the future. And I'll remind you of things that you saw that you loved in the past. Um, uh, and so, yeah, my all-time favorite horror movie is Rosemary's Baby. Um, you know, I don't know. What can I say? I'm, uh, I'm uh, you know, a, a, a woman and the a lead of my movie, you know, my own personal movie of life uh with a well now it's outgrown since covid but you know pixie haircut and uh no desire to breed uh and so this is actually my like worst nightmare <laughs> like <laughs> to get pregnant and like birth this like spawn of satan so yeah it personally i have like personal feelings about this film um i just think um yeah, I, I, I also just like love the 60s. Like I live in kind of a um, mid-century mod spot, like I said, uh, last residence of Peter Lawford. So it's got a special place in my heart. You missed it, Alok. What was it? Uh, P uh, Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's uh, Baby. I, knew, I knew it was going to be Rosemary's Baby. Anyway. You already knew that. Yeah, see, I, we I can finish that. each other's sentences. Now I can go pee. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> one of really one of the only um horror movies ever to get recognized at the oscars there aren't many like silence awesome. to the lambs rosemary's baby and oh get, well, get, uh, get out get out one didn't yeah it? get out one. for scream uh, but uh i mean it's lightning in a bottle when anything happens that they then it's nominated for anything um for horror you know yeah. it's just like it's, it's always considered this sort of like shameful genre oh it's for the masses fuck you it's the best thing for the masses like it, it, it's helping people get through this time in covid i know i'm breaking up right now aren't i um i'm gonna speak is it, is it back on yeah back you're on? fine yeah all right um no it's it's something you know it's it's considered not as good as other genres and i don't i don't ever get that like if it's done really well and you can terrify people and take them to a place without having to actually like you know have them murdered in some way in real life it's the best thing in the world. Like you, you feel like so elated when you come out of a good horror movie. You really do. Like you want to tell your friends almost immediately. And Naomi will tell you this straight up. Like, you know, there's a reason there's there's two hundred and fifty or two hundred and twenty horror conventions a year. There's no I mean, there's there's not like, you know, romantic comedy conventions going on. Like people who love horror or genre are very loyal and they're great audiences, you know. Um David was a little, our, our director was a little hesitant and um, was a little scared about how people would take our movie because it kind of straddles the genres. It could be, you know, a psychological thriller with elements of horror. 
and he didn't know how like the hardcore hard people were going to take us at all the festivals and stuff and like he now now he says like all you ever want to do is make horror movies because <laughs> you know the, that audience is so loving and so accepted when they find something like a discovery they're just like ah, i want to preach it from the hills you know same Sorry. totally i mean you see like i mean my i'm an actor all my friends are actors like i uh, my friends starring in procedural dramas and, and, and comedies, like as series regulars on shows for, you know, long running shows, they don't have a room with like a covered ceiling to floor in art of their own character. Like this is, it's true. Uh, horror fans are like a, just a whole nother level and I owe them everything. So Thank you for listening. I'm sorry <laughs> if I disappointed you in my taste in movies. I don't think you disappointed anybody. And we're going to talk some more 1BR. Um, if you're listening and you have not seen the movie, pause here, go watch the movie, because we are going to probably touch on some spoilers. And I saw this one go in. I, I went in blind. Uh, just like Naomi said, you should go in blind. So go, go watch the movie, then come back and listen to the rest of this. Spoilers coming by now. It's your fault if stuff gets spoiled for you. I mean, it's on um, Netflix. It's on Netflix. You can go watch it right now. Or if you're like in the UK, uh, it's on uh, it's on VOD. But uh, iTunes, Amazon's all the normal digital platforms. There's Sky Store, Virgin, what have you. Um, you know, like I said, US and Canada, it's on Netflix. Uh, it's going to be on. Uh, it's going to November fourth, I believe. We're starting in Australia as far as VOD and uh, and it, listen, if you want it in your country and you don't see it coming out anywhere, go whoever your Netflix is and tell them, I would like to see this movie on your version of Netflix, Latin America, Central America, any of you guys, Mexico. Llámalos, por favor, Netflix. Queremos un BR. Also in Portuguese. Oh, uh, Por favor, lava, uh, chama por favor, um <laughs> We're getting language lessons too. I love it. Boom, boom, boom. A local every now and then contact me about a, um, a like an, a, an interview or um, podcast reviewing the film. They're like, is it a good review? What are they saying? What are they it's saying? In it's in Spanish usually. Yeah, and half the time they're literally just trying to figure out what what is umber, you know, and they don't know like how do you say it and what does it mean? It's that a little, makes uh, sense. Yeah. I, I always think it's sort of the they're they're doing the sort of the Car Cardi B remix of our song. One Yeah. <laughs> so um, we mentioned earlier, obviously you had a great cast, uh, but there there was originally a different cast. And I I wanna kinda have you walk us through what happened with that. Um obviously you don't need to name names. Um uh, you know, but, I'll have I'll have Naomi Grossman tell the story. Uh, really? Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I love telling this story. I've heard Alok say, tell it so many times <laughs> that I do feel like I've perfected it. I'm not saying I could do better than Alok, but you know, uh, well, let me I, see I, what I, I can do. I always like to see her run the gauntlet and see what she can do. Cause like, yeah, she really, yeah. she's a very good improv actress and, and she just picks things up, but I always like to hear her version of it. So uh, that's All why right. I'm tickled to let her do it. 
So here goes. Um, well, I, I guess maybe we should start. This is not part of Alok's version, but it's part of my version. Alok came to me uh, very early on, maybe in um, like March, and we shot in December. And he was like, what do you think of this movie? Uh, I just went to one of those douchebag meetings like you, you do in LA where you sit around and like just talk about yourself. And um, these guys like gave me this movie and said, hey, read this. And um, I didn't. And then the film that I was supposed to be producing right now just fell through. And so I was like scrambling looking for scripts. And then I read this and I really like it. What do you think? You think it's like torture porn? And of course I was like, oh, torture porn. That's actually after Borat, like between somewhere between Borat and Cats. I love torture porn. So that was actually not, he did not want to know the answer to that question, but I loved the script. I really, truly like mad props to David Marmer. I mean, I say it every time and I'm not just trying to get back in for, you know, one bedroom, two bathroom, although that too. Uh, no, but I mean, truly like I'm an architect's daughter. If there's no like solid blueprints, there's no house. And the fact is he drew up a really solid script for this. And I, I, I knew it from back in March. Now, uh, when that is why when, uh, Alok called me in, uh, November with an audition, I was like, what? I thought I had that part. Like, are you really? Anyway, I ended up auditioning because, you know, I'm a, a team player and I figured if anything, this was just a good chance for me to meet David Marmer. Like it was a formality. Um, but I swear to God, it's almost like my own good friend, Alok, was trying to mess with me. He, cause listen, we've spent many, a like late drunken night together playing, let's say Trivial Pursuit, where if he reads the questions like crazy, like you might know the answer, but by the time he's finished with the question, you don't know it. It's, it's literally trying, it's like trying to, to um, debate Donald Trump. Like, good oh. luck. Like, there's, it doesn't matter how solid the answers are. Unless you prepare to have people, like, slinging poo at you while you try to answer, you have no freaking chance. Well, that was me at this audition. Alok was my reader. I don't know how I got through it, but... Somehow I got the part and scene. So that was how they got me. Um, now they also had a certain actress who will remain nameless. Um, I don't know. She was from like like uh, some CW show. Who cares? But she had like a bazillion internet or you know Instagram followers, which sadly is what these money grubbing producer hands love. So um, you know uh, they they knew that it could that she could put them in the black right away, and um, that's what you want when you've allegedly mortgaged your already paid for house. So. Um, they uh, they had this lady lined up to play Sarah Nicole's role, um, but and but there was one caveat she had in her writer. She needed um, this one particular like energy drink. It was like her version of like one green M M&M and M in her you know in the bowl in her trailer. So anyway, the the fact is they're like okay fine. So they need an energy this feminine energy drink. Well, it turns out that they had a whole truckload coming, but it wasn't going to be there until like three days in. So, you know, Alok, because he is such a thorough producer, was like, no, 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 she's going to need it like 
first day on set. Like we can't make her wait for her energy drink. So he actually drives himself to Marina del Rey, uh, which is for those not in Los Angeles is like really a sacrifice. I mean, it's a true, he really took it upon himself to like go find, I mean, this is the producer himself. You'd think he'd have like a minion. No, he mortgaged his already paid for house to do this. I mean, he's really, he, he does it all. Um, so he's picking up this energy drink. They don't have any more of it. Uh, he's begging the manager, please, please. Can you just go in the back? Maybe we'll have, maybe you have some somewhere. Sure enough, while they're waiting for the manager, they get a call from the agent. It's, it's this gal's reps. She's out. No explanation, nothing. She's not only is she gone, but also her, you know, friend, boyfriend, who cares, whatever, the guy that she's managed to have lined up in the Brian role. So not only have they lost the, the female lead, they lost the, her romantic interest as well. So they're screwed. So what does a loke do when he's screwed? Gets drunk. They beeline it for a bar um, uh, and uh, try to, you know, figure this out. Uh, in the meantime, they they find out that Susan Davis's character, uh, um, again, I don't Hope. recall. Ms. Yes, Miss Stan Hope, sorry. Um, but the woman who was originally lined up to play that role, her husband has uh, uh, been rushed to the hospital and is dead. And so now they are three down and it's like not even time to start drinking. So, uh, who? And, it, and, it's, can, and it's also a Monday, and we're starting to shoot on Thursday. That's right. the thing that, you know, we need to know. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, so, anyway, they obviously got on the horn and uh, made calls to, you know, all their buddies at Blumhouse and, and Gersh, who was very ha helpful in all this. Um, I'm saying that because... Alok always adds that, and I'm thinking maybe one day, like Gersh will hear me say that and be like, "Oh, we should, we should talk to her one day." Because you know, <laughs> I like a meeting, Gersh. You know, I hear you're so so cooperative. Anyway, um, now I'm just now I'm paranoid that my own agents are going to listen and be like, "What are we, top liver?" <laughs> but anyway, uh, I'll deal with that when I come to it. Um, Anyway, the point is, uh, once they got these guys on the phone, they made some recommendations. Among them, um, um, hello, Giles Maddie, who ended up playing Brian, who, who was actually in route from uh, San Francisco at the time, and um, like pulled over and literally just like read his part. Uh, which I always have to remind Alok, like, that's actually not that unusual. Like, actors really just want to work. So, you know, they have this, like, illusion that we're all just, like, sitting by the pool and, like, pass, you know, being, like, d d fed grapes and, like, passing on scripts. And actually, no, we're in cars, pulled over the sides of roads, like, scanning for our role, making sure it's not a porn, and then like telling our agent, yes, like close it for whatever amount of money. Yeah, yeah, whatever, I'll, I'll take it. Anyway. Um, so, so, by the way, this is on the Friday before the Monday we're shooting. So we got that guy at the end of the day and then Miss Stanhope, you can say that part of it if you like. Oh, oh yeah. 
Well, I don't know what day it was, but I know it was, that- um, It was also the Friday. It was Friday also morning. Also the Friday. So yes. Alok, um, sure enough, so, uh, so they found the Giles um, to play uh, Brian. Uh, they found Nicole. Nicole was actually, actually um, David's first choice. Because uh, again, David's a genius. He's our writer, uh, director, actually went to Harvard for like computers or something. Uh, you know, uh, and um, <laughs> like he's totally disappointing his family with his like number one film on Netflix right now. But anyway, um, he... They, um, they found Nicole, who ended up being, um, you know, sort of this unknown living in New York, uh, which was totally perfect in every way. Not only does she know how to cry in like eight different ways, but she came out and sh she had three hours with the director, which is nothing. Uh, I mean, you know, we have much less in film and TV than you do, say, in theater, but still, three hours. For, a, for an entire, you know, 90 minutes of which she is in literally every frame. It's nothing. Um, but the other really cool thing is because she was sort of the transplant, it just worked out. Like, it was very meta. The rest of us, while none of us knew each other necessarily, we all live here, you know? So we were all like, oh, where are you going tonight? Oh, you know, oh, it's going to go to Santa Monica. Oh, it's going to be, you know? And she's like, I'm just living in a hotel in the valley. Like she's total fish out of water. Like a very nice, you know, a very nice Hilton, I will say. A very, very nice Hilton. I, I'm sure, but it was best, in the, the valley. Best, the, the best the valley could have offered. The best the valley could offer. <laughs> it, it surely had terrible internet because that's what you get in the valley. But um, you know, and I'm sure Alok, you know, he's a great producer, so I'm sure he got her him her a car, but she probably didn't know how to drive it. So again. Poor thing, like she's just totally like I had, not I'd, one I'd, of us. I had to actually go with her. Yeah, I had actually go to her, go with her to the rental car company to actually rent the car with her because she was too young to rent it on. Her. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Meanwhile, we're back. We're back to Friday. Oh, and oh, and Stanhope. Stanhope. Yeah. So sure enough, nine thirty in the morning. Um, they uh, a locus like you know desperate at this point. Um. And just, we started like acting, asking for like actor reels. And he watches uh, Susan Davis's. And at the end, there's like a phone number. So he dials it. And, and sure enough, she answers. And, you know, he's imagining it's going to be like a manager or an agent or someone. No, it's her. And so he's like, uh, sorry, uh, this is highly inappropriate. But, you know, I'm going to pitch in the movie and I'm going to pitch us. And so, and she listens. She's like, oh, I've never been in a cult movie before. Uh, and so she's totally game. And it's like, awesome. I mean, here they are. I'm pretty sure they signed her by like 1130 in the morning. Like it was like, like that fast, which is ironic because, you know, they had me since like March, you know, and I'm pretty sure it took about nine months to get my agents to like sign those documents. So there you go. So if my agents are listening, well then get to it. Cause Gersh is going to get me. Snap, snap. Boom. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you. That was very okay. well. I thought that was a very well told story. Naomi. You did a fantastic job as always, but uh, I'm perfecting I, I, it. She's getting it. Like it's like a it's like a one woman show, which she's gonna do next. You know, she'll tell you about that later. But uh, she's 
she's gotten really good at that. I really gotta say this. <laughs> All right, so what's what's next? Tell us what's what's next. Well, that of course wasn't the uh, the end of the troubles with the production. Um, I'll leave it up to you. What do you want to tackle next? Because there were a couple. Well, I mean, listen, we could tell that we could tell the the we, we had fires that started at the very beginning of everything when we were in pre production we were back like two days away from shoot uh, shooting like uh people remember these fires that were all they called the mulholland fires and it was it looked like it looked like mordor there's like there's video footage of people just driving down the 405 and it looks like just just look, looks like hell it looks yeah. like mordor to be honest and our office was on the other side of the freeway from the getty and uh we didn't even know if it had burned down or not we couldn't go to it we knew that we'd move everything to my house and um we kept on looking on Google Earth like every hour. I meant people check to see is the office still there? I don't think it is there because we couldn't tell where the fire was quite coming from. It was just like a horrible situation. We're like, you can't worry about this right now. First off, it was our other producer's office to be to be fair, transparent. But like we were feeling very bad for them, and we were like, God, just check if it's there. Like, what are we gonna do? Like those poor guys, you know. Insurance will cover everything. We gotta pay a deductible. That sucks, you know. Um, so that's one thing that happened. The other thing that happened is about like, it's, it's a 15 day shoot, right? That's all we had is 15 days. We did do uh, four days of reshoots. Uh, we realized we didn't quite have the ending we wanted and we wanted to go back and do some more work. And it was hard to get the band back together, so to speak, because Naomi is like working on American Horror Story. Uh, Taylor uh, Nichols is working on PN15. Um, he's been on Perry Mason this year. He's, been, he's, he's consistently working. It's hard to get him. Hard to get any of them, including our like DP, Dave and um, so we made a deal to come back and shoot, like we shot in Christmas, 2017. We're gonna shoot in uh, September of 2018. And so um, I'm gonna tell two stories. One, we came back to shoot in 2018 and Naomi Grossman had been named, nominated for an Emmy. And we were like, this is great for you, Naomi, but the week we need to shoot is the week of the Emmys. And she's just like, fuck you, Mishra. Like, this is the time for me to shine. And like, I need to go to that gifting suite over there, get a trip to the Barbados and like, you know, whatever. And she was like, I'll come do your shitty film, Mishra. No, she didn't say that. But like, she was just like, I'll, 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 I'll be there. And I was like, all right. But she sent her mom to the gifting suite, thankfully. So, you know. I don't know why uh, you say that because I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I always feel like you did though. But anyway, listen, that's, that's my that's my truth. And, and the idea is that you didn't go on that trip to Barbados because if you had gone, probably during COVID, you would have been trapped there forever. You know uh, what? Which... Thank you, Elope. Thank you for saving me. I might be stuck on an island with a bunch of like cabana boys doting on me. It's, thank God I'm just stuck in this one, actually two BR, uh, two bathroom, but um, since March, yeah, awesome. Yeah, so anyways, sorry about that, Miami, but I'm just saying that uh, <laughs> thank you for coming back for the reshoots. But when we were actually shooting initially, we had been parking our production vans, our production trucks, actually, in front of our office. And it's actually a nice place. I mean, our, our other producer's office is in Bel Air. And it's like, it's, it's, you'd think it's like a nice place. And what happened was that, like day 10 or 7 or something like this, um, this white Escalade pulls up, no plates, and these three guys get out of it. And they break into the first truck. And they're off and running with the first truck within like eight minutes. And the reason we know this is we have a parking PA who's sleeping, who, like not sleeping, but he's like in the second truck, just monitoring the whole situation. And he 
they just take the one truck, which is amazing to me. I, I would think they'd be greedy and take all of them if they could, because there's three trucks there. Uh, they take the first one, and he's on the phone with the police and gets, his, gets in his own car and is following them. And if you know LA, he follows them the 405 to the 10 to the 405 to the 10 to the 110, right where the Felix, the iconic Felix sign is. It's near USC. You always see this in like movies and stuff. And he is on the phone with them the entire way. Like, you need to get this truck. You need to fucking get this truck. And they're like, sir, you need to stand down and don't worry. We will take. He's like, no, I'm not going to stand down. I'm not standing down until you are behind this truck. And sure enough, by the Felix sign, the um, helicopter light comes on the truck and then three cop cars like rush in. And this, this idiot who's driving the truck tries to gun it and like get off surface streets and try to like, you know, you know, race a truck around USC. And he finally gets caught and he pulls into the Chevron, the, the engine smoking or something. He, he pulls into the Chevron McDonald's slash McDonald's or whatever. And they, they start getting him out. This is all on TV, by the way. This is all televised at this point because they like, there's it's a televised chase at this point. You know, LA happens all the time, but, and there's like, it's like the movie Nightcrawler. If you've ever seen that movie, there's always people chasing people for these kind of stories that are listening to their police radios and whatever. So this is what happened with this. So they, they catch this guy, they pull this guy out of the truck and very nicely. So by the way, like there, there's no like, Oh, we're going to like, you know, shoot you on the ground kind of shit going on in LA. I mean, we had some other problems you may have heard of, like with the riots. And so they're a little bit more polite, not perfect, but polite. And they're so nice to this guy. And they're so nice to him. We kind of suspect also because he is what we, Naomi termed actually, the handsome felon. Like he's a very good looking guy. Like everyone's like, damn. Yeah, look at her. (laughs) Like right there. That's, you know. You know, like. it's, It's on the blue. Good. It's, I was gonna say it's on the Blu-ray, by the way. If you ever want to pick up the Blu-ray, we have a uh, a Q and A at Fantasia where we show the footage of the uh, the handsome felon, and uh, it was a very funny thing. Now let me finish your thoughts. I'm sorry. No, I mean I just this I love this story because it's kind of like um, a, a a mashup between the Californians, like when he's like the one on one to the one ten to the one you know the four hundred five, you know, uh, the Californians meet uh, cops. Except that, you know, co- you remember how cops always ended with a guy with his shirt off, like, running from yeah. cops? Like, why this guy would not take off his shirt is, like, it's just fucking mean. It's, like, rude. Like, if you are that good looking, you should take your shirt off. Like, you're on, na- you're on na- nightly news. Take off your shirt. Take off your shirt. It was, he was <laughs> This so- is racist. Totally. No, um I I am really hoping that maybe we'll see more of him in one BR two bathroom for like I don't know, maybe Janice needs like a little love interest on the side. I I just think that would be really interesting casting. The funny part is that they that this guy, this is he was new, this is a ring that does these robberies, right? And uh, this guy was new to the ring and apparently he turned state's evidence and is supposed to pay us restitution, right? I've never seen a die. <laughs> but what would be really meta and funny is if we could somehow put him in the movie for the next movie. I think he that could would work be... it off. I could, I could put him to work. <laughs> wow. We got to uh, condition him. Grab the nails. Uh, gosh. Mm. 
I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to go, it's going to, apparently, you know, one BR, two bathroom is going to go to a lot darker places in real life than we ever thought. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, there's a bit, all kinds of weird restitution, hasn't there? I'd be like, ah, I need you to be my monkey butler, sir, for the $12,000 <laughs> you owe me. Or you can star in two, one BR, two bathroom. <laughs> And be Naomi Grossman's personal valet slash sex slave. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Listen, if that girl can have energy drinks in her writer, then I can have a sex slave. What? Come on. I mean, al- allegedly, allegedly, everyone. Allegedly. I mean, you got me for real cheap. At the very least, I'm going to need a little bit of a raise. And by that, I do mean in the form of a handsome felon. <laughs> handsome felon nice all right god this has gone all over the place tonight <laughs> that's all right um thanks for coming on if anything else you want to say about one br before we split um everybody should watch it i mean it, we've we've made a case for it it's like, i think um you know like alok said it's a tight 90 minutes it's really fun. Uh, it, it's uh, everybody loves it. From you know my twenty-year-old twinks to my own eighty-one-year-old uh, octogenarian mom in New Mexico. So uh, if you're anywhere in between, uh, I you know recommend. Cool. I I would also say the same thing. Uh, I, have, I have nothing you know better to say about it. I think that uh, I feel like we said it all. I mean, I feel like we've given you a a good flavor of the whole thing. Uh, we've also given you a flavor of sort of um, our, you know, films and our sort of um, likes and dislikes and so forth. And I, from there, hopefully you can make an educated decision. Uh, but I think you just need to watch it without maybe watching the trailer, just going and see it cold. I mean, it's on, it's on, it's on, it's on goddamn Netflix at this point, come on. Like, <laughs> it's, it's better than cats. <laughs> There's the tagline on the Blu-ray. It's better than cats. And even the butthole version of cats, it's better than that. So, <laughs> Wow. My final pitch for it is uh, when I watched it, I thought it was like a mixture of, uh, well, you're a Polanski fan, obviously, with Rosemary's Baby. I thought it was like a mixture of Tenant and The Invitation. Um, it's a really mm. good mix of those. So, well, I was going to say, fun fact about the invitation. Uh, I went to high school with Matt uh, Matt Manfredi, uh, who co-wrote uh, the invitation with his writing partner uh, Philip Pay, who's married to Karen Kusama, right? And uh, I actually brought the film to him ahead of time before we even made it, and I was like, "Hey, listen, read this. Tell me what you think. This is what the end is." In, you know. and he was like, "This has nothing to do with our film." And I was like, okay, good. Like, I feel good about that. And I, I feel like I'm blessed in the way that like, okay, I got the blessing there. But then what's funny, another fun fact, is that the next film I'm doing, uh, which is, this is not with David Marmer, but this was with another guy. Um, uh, it's, um, it's a movie called Emergent um, and it's Marcel Sarmiento, uh, the writer director who did Dead Girl. And also the producer of, wait for it, The Invitation, uh, Lindsay Lanzanetta, who I also brought the film to, and I was like, "What do you think?" And she's like, "Nothing to do with ours." And I was like, "It'd make a good, good double feature, though, right?" And she's like, "Yeah, it totally would, right?" So I feel good of the way that people compared to the invitation, but some people say it's just a ripoff of the invitation. I was like, "No, no, 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 no. 
I have it from two of the horses' mouths. That uh, and, and Lindsay and Antoinette is not a horse at all. Like she's a nice lady. <laughs> uh, Matt Manfredi, of course, is a horse. Uh, okay, <laughs> he's a cat, and he's an amazing person. We went to high school together. He's he's such a nice person. He's a, such a talented writer, by the way. I mean, from you know, uh, got Destroyer to like, I mean, just Clash of the Titans, or you know, I mean. Uh, Elon Flux, I and mean, he's a, a huge storied career and stuff like that, but he is um, such an invitation. One of everyone's, everyone says it's actually the, uh, what is it? Uh, it was the best movie of that decade, horror movie that decade. A couple of different lists had that actually. So we're compared to, we're being compared to them is being in rarefied air. And we're so happy to be compared to them, but from their mouth, it's not exact. It's not, it's not the same movie at all. So. <laughs> Cool. You're trying to add to your five, Loke. That's cheating. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I totally chose my list based on what I thought you were going to say. Like, I was like, oh, I'm not going to say that because the Loke's going to say that, and I can piggyback off of that. That's funny. Well, I mean, this is, this is, the, this is the first time we've ever done anything like this. And this yeah, is an it's fun. You have a very interesting podcast, by the way. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, we were talking about different things when we were you know, talking about it, but uh, I thought that you, this is a it's really interesting podcast. So uh, I can't wait to hear, you know, and hopefully remember everything we've talked about tonight. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll let you know when it airs. Um, anything else that you have that you want to plug coming up that's interesting? Um, I mean, I'm working on, Alok mentioned uh, another one woman show. It does not include any of these stories. These are Alok stories. I'm not, uh, I have my very own stories, believe it or not, uh, which I'll be telling so, in- um, So much better than our stories, by the way. She's amazing. Well, no, but it's um, uh, my own sort of autobiographical show. I've done two actually already, um, which have, you know, toured to Edinburgh Fringe and the you know, off Broadway in New York and uh, around to various colleges. Um, and now, you know, who knows what the future is for this third, uh, only because with COVID and all, it's not like we're, you know, gathering in theaters anytime soon. But of course, my hope is that this, this will be the time for me to, you know, sell it to Netflix and have it screen as like a, a one hour comedy special. So that's what I have. Um, you know, on my, my agenda, you know, who knows that'll happen, but maybe I'm hoping I can like speak it in a being. Uh, it's the opposite of a Loke's approach of like JJ Abramsing the Jedi everything. But, um, you know, uh, I, I'm excited about it. It's going to happen one way or another. It's just a question of how. So that's what I'm up to. Um, and us, I think I've discussed it already. And uh, we just, uh, we won't talk about things, but we are very happy to work with David Marmer again. And we are over the moon to work with uh, everyone uh, for Emergent, uh, which hopefully we'll be shooting in the spring. Uh, that's what we're looking at. We're casting right now. So, but I can't tell you much more than that. So, but yeah. Are you going to be hiring a reader other than yourself? <laughs> yes. Yes. And I won't, I, I won't. Good. I'm also like, as Naomi always likes to point out, but I'm surprised she didn't do it tonight. Uh, I'm also sadly an extra in the movie, quite a few oh places. Oh my God. Uh, yes. Just because uh, we, uh, they'd be like, all right, friends and family are supposed to come and do this for us. We are extras. They didn't show up. Mishra, Shane, my producing partner, we're at Video Village and they're like, put some clothes on. You're going out there. And we're like, 
fuck, seriously? Like, I want to I wanna watch this and see the scene being shot. Like, but no, I'm like, we're always moving things in the background. You can play a drinking game. Naomi says, like, you should play a drinking game. Like, whenever you see us, you'll, you should drink. But don't, like, pick a very high alcohol content drink. Just pick something like... Like Zima. Yeah, grab yeah, a Zima. Or, or like a tall Grab-a-Zima. boy of some sort. A, t- a tall boy of some sort of, like, you know, not, not Belgian beer. You know, like no. something like light. That it, when you drink, you won't feel like you're getting too drunk because you'll probably drink two of them for the amount of times you see us. They got to the point that I was like, like, why? They're like, they're like, why do you wear t-shirts with logos on them? And I'm like, because I think I'm gonna be a regular producer and watch the fucking movie from Video Village. Like, you know, you're not a regular producer. <laughs> get in the, get in that fucking, get in that crowd, you monkey extra. <laughs> It's true though, he's not a regular producer. What kind of regular producer is like driving a Marina Del Rey to pick up a feminine energy drink well, that's and like a, that's a, that's moving an, things? Like these, an, char- these characters like never stop moving. Like at some point, aren't you just moved? Like past tense, well, Frederick, we people, done, over? We don't, want to spoil, no. we don't want to spoil the movie. There's reasons why they're moving people, but the point of it is this. Well, that's true. Um, I, I won't hopefully have to do this ever again in my life. Like that's the idea. <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't want to read for anyone. I don't want to have to fucking, you know, do a whole thing where I'm in the background and like, you know, clapping over cake or some shit. Like, it's like, I would hope to never do that again. Hmm. No, but it's really charming. It really, for people, you know, for those of us that are, you know, big Alok Mitra fans who, you know, 20 years from now, 40 years from now, while we're on podcasts or whatever that, you know, in the future uh, we're doing, and we're talking about our top five favorite films, and we're like, oh my God, my favorite was, uh, you know, one BR from 2020. Oh my God, what a year. Uh, and a loke shows up like 20 times in his own movie. Can you believe it? It's going to be one of those like, yeah when you you know when you're like the Soderbergh or Spielberg it's going to be one of those like really gratifying things for fans just saying I I appreciate that sentiment and I I I will say this on record I don't feel like I need to be the M. Night Shyamalan of anything (laughs) as far as that so hopefully we'll just live that up to the professionals next time that's that's yeah so anyway Good stuff. Well, thanks so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Totally. Thanks so much for having us. Make sure to watch 1BR and let these folks know what you thought over at at 1BR underscore film on Twitter. If you just look up 1BR, it's going to be the first thing that comes up. If you want to be a guest on this show, the only real requirement is that you love movies and want to talk about them. If you have a five list that you want to tackle, email me directly at force5podcast at gmail.com or an easier way, just head to the website, force5podcast.com, which has a show request form and other Force 5 related content. I have a blog up there now where I'm doing film reviews that might not make it to the show. So yeah, go check that out. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane, and watch 1BR. What I need is a woman who can think and fight and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> Force 5.